0: Welcome to episode 8 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to walk to your next college class, which happens to be on the other side of campus. Who made this schedule anyway? This week's theme is Back to School. We'll be discussing games we've played recently like Chicago and Northwestern, German Rails, Onami, and Legendary Encounters Firefly. We're also going to talk about some common school supplies that can help make your gaming life easier some games that are related to or have schools in them or that can teach you some things, the etymology of the word rule, and we'll be announcing the winner of our contest. And now, here are your hosts, Amby,
1: Cassidy, and me, Crystal. Recently, I got to play two games, Chicago and Northwestern and German Rails, and these are Winsome Games. Winsome Games is a small specialty publisher run by John Boer. It's known for Age of Steam, Chicago Express, and Transamerica, and all of their games are train-themed economic games with little to no luck or randomness, and they generally have simple rules. So in both Chicago and Northwestern and German Rails, we were able to play a three-player game in about 40 minutes. So they're pretty quick games.
0: That is actually pretty quick.
1: Yeah. So every year, John produces a small print run called the Winsome Essen set. And it usually has a couple unique train games, sometimes an Age of Steam expansion and sometimes an 18xx game. 18xx games are longer. But (laughs) in order to get the set, you have to either go to Essen and wait in line or you can be on a waiting list. And there's probably only like 150 copies a year. So it's pretty hard to get. But my husband managed to get on the waiting list this year, and so we were super excited. And so we got three games, Chicago and Northwestern, German Rails, and 1859. The games don't have great components. They come in a plastic package, clamshell package. The pieces are mostly wooden blocks, and the board is like paper. But it's like cardstock paper, so it's not terrible paper, but it's not mounted. But the focus of the games on the mechanics, not the components. And if a game is popular enough, then a big publisher will pick it up and print it nicely, like with Chicago Express, with art and nice components. So I played Chicago and Northwestern and German Rails. Both of these games have auctioning stock and placing track. And I like German Rails more because it was more focused on the track laying. So you only get points from laying tracks in cities and connecting different colors. And you win with the most points. Whereas in Chicago and Northwestern, you win by having the most money, which you get from the company dividends. But the interesting thing about Chicago and Northwestern is that each person can only pay dividends once per game. So you have to choose when the best time is, like when you're going to get the most money, because they go to everyone.
0: That's a guarantee that if I was playing it, I picked the wrong time. <laughs>
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we still are pretty bad at it. And timing is really important in both of the games. Cause, so the first time we played, we all like spent all our money right away. And then you don't get that much money later on. <laughs> so you have no power in auctioning. But we played both games twice. And the second time, I was able to win both games by... Uh, using this awesome strategy of buying stocks at a low price. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm looking forward to playing both more. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm also excited to try out 1859 because it's different than other 18xxs because the tokens don't block the routes. Usually placing a token blocks other companies from going through it. And I like the route laying part. Of all the games that you kind of listed off at the beginning that they make,
0: mm-hmm. it's funny, the only one that I've ever played before, which I'm assuming is the lightest one on the list, is Transamerica, which is a lot of fun and I love it, but I, it's definitely a lot lighter than the ones you're talking about.
1: <laughs> well, I, the, like, the ones I played were pretty light. The rules are just like one page long.
0: Oh, well maybe I, I don't I don't play a lot of train games. Of course I've played Ticket to Ride and I've mm-hmm. played TransAmerica, but yeah, train games are not something that I typically gravitate toward.
1: Yeah, I haven't until recently and my husband's really been getting into them. So he's researching, he's doing all the research for me.
2: So going to say I feel like that's all you played lately is train games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Amby secretly wants to be a
0: train conductor in her <laughs> alternate life. So, Amby, do you want to give us the names of those games again, one more
1: time? Yeah, Chicago and Northwestern and German Rails. It'll be hard to get them. The, like, the only way you can really get them is from getting them from someone else on BGG. <laughs> so, so sorry you're, just, about you're that. just a
0: big tease, then is what you are. That's- yeah. <laughs> hey, these games are
2: awesome. Oh, you can't have them.
0: Ha ha ha. All right, Cassidy, well, I think your games are a little easier to acquire, so (laughs) let's hear about what you've been playing recently.
2: Recently, I played a game called Anami, which will be available, well, it's available now, it's a pre-order, and um, people that backed it on Kickstarter will be receiving their copies starting this month, and I really enjoyed this game. It was easy enough to learn. And, which means it'll be easy to teach, which is my kind of game because I play with family and um, people that aren't as into the hobby as I am generally. So in Anami Everybody's drawing a hand of five cards. You have a five by five grid that you're playing on and the the play area reminds me a lot of Soro um, So you have your little square cards that have a number on each side instead of a path on each side like Soro does And you're placing that anywhere you want on the 5x5 grid. Where you place it depends on how many other tiles you'll get to take control of. So if you're placing a tile and it has a 5 on one side, and the tile you're placing next to has a 3 facing that 5, you get to take over the square you placed and the next two squares in a straight line. Because it's 5 minus 3, because math is fun. (laughs) (laughs) So if other people are controlling those, you take their token and change it into yours. And the tokens in this game are actually six-sided die. So Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Cassie. I know. I you know. You hate dice. You hate dice so much. But this isn't die. It's not rolling. <laughs> I'm not rolling them. They just have my token on it. So when I take somebody else's spot... I just change it to my token. The, the, they have literally no effect on the game whatsoever. <laughs> That's interesting that they're, they're incorporating
0: dice, but in a non-dicey and, way. Yeah,
2: and I like that because that means the game has fewer components, mm-hmm. because it's, it can be a six-player game, and all you need is the dice to do it. You don't need, I don't know, 12 components, <laughs> 12 different tokens for each person, so it's a lot. it's a lot fewer components, which is nice. Easy to clean up. Yeah, Onami reminds me a lot of Soro just because it's the same sort of play area, got square cards that you're putting down. They each have a different thing on each side, but instead of following a path, you're destroying everyone else's uh, (laughs) controlled areas. (laughs) And at the end of the game, whoever has the most controlled area wins. That's Onami. It's a lot of fun. sounds like a lot of fun. I pre ordered my copy, it was fully backed on Kickstarter. And I didn't know about it until after that funding was over, so I've pre-ordered my copy so I can have it in my hot, hot little hands. That's awesome. (laughs)
0: All right, well, I think I've mentioned this before, possibly. Like, at this point in my gaming career, I don't usually buy games that I haven't already played at least once, unless there's something really compelling about them. And I happen to be a huge fan of the cancelled-too-soon television show Firefly, I'll pause a moment so everyone can sob a little. So when I heard that uh, Legendary Encounters was coming out with a Firefly-themed version of the game, I passed away and then woke up and got very excited about it. And I knew I needed it. Uh, Legendary Encounters is a cooperative deck-building game from Upper Deck Entertainment. It's for one to five players, and all of the players take on the roles of the main characters from the television show and play through three episodes of the show during the course of a single game. All of the show's episodes have their own deck, and if you're a Firefly fan, you will find that they are very well crafted to emulate the plots of each of those episodes Like in ways that I was very pleasantly surprised by. During my first playthrough, my eyes were lighting up literally with every card we flipped over, and we actually did really poorly, and we ended up losing the game during the second episode of the three, but the rulebook has multiple ways to make the game easier or more difficult, so you can modify the difficulty level based on your group, which we might make it a little easier next time. Thematically, this is one of my favorite new games, for sure. I love it. I'm so glad that I bought it, even though I hadn't played it yet, but there's a couple issues that take this from being my perfect new game to being just an awesome new game so when the game comes all of the cards were packaged in plastic and they weren't grouped in their specific groups very well so sorting everything out right from the get-go was a little bit of a bear but you know what that's okay i can deal with that And then setting up the game is also a little bit of a bear because there are so many decks that you have to use during the course of the game. It takes a lot of time to get it set up. But also, I know I'll get faster at that as I play it more. So that's okay, too. The biggest downside is the artwork. The box is gorgeous. The rule book has pictures, like, illustrations that look exactly like the actors and actresses from the television show. And then you look at the cards. And the artwork is hideous. It is horrible. It like the the depictions of these characters on the cards and even the non-character artwork is really bad like devastatingly bad if you look on the internet people are completely wailing on how horrible the art is that being said i love it anyway to me the the theme is strong enough and the gameplay is interesting enough that the artwork doesn't really affect how the game plays for me. I could see that if you weren't familiar with Firefly and you were basing everything off of just the artwork, it might even be a little bit worse. But I'm picturing the scenes from the television show in my head as I'm playing. I'm not looking at the card, you know, the whole time. So I have to point out that the artwork, I think, is horrible, but that it is not a deal breaker in whether you should get this game or not. It was disappointing, to say the least, but I don't know. I would recommend this game for anybody who's a fan of Firefly or deck building games, and if you are a fan of both of those things, you should 100% get this game. I enjoyed this more than Legendary Encounters Alien, but that's because I'm a heathen who's never actually seen Alien. <laughs> just go watch. Just go watch it. <laughs> What's, honestly, last night I had my husband get the movie for us, and I, just because I was thinking about it when I was talking about doing this. And I'm, scary movies and gory stuff are not usually good with me, but it was made in 1979. How bad could it be, really? I know I'm, there's chest bursters and all that other stuff, and I know, I know what happens in Alien to an extent, so I think I'm okay, but maybe, maybe we'll do a movie (laughs) review at some point in the future, and I can tell you guys how terrified I was watching Alien. So, that was Legendary Encounters, Firefly, from Upper Deck Games.
2: I actually really want it because I have all of the other Legendary Encounters games also, but we really love Alien and the Predator one because we really love Alien in this house. But <laughs> So are you guys fans of Firefly? I am. Okay. <laughs> which is why I will eventually have it. But we also sleeve all of our cards for those games, which takes forever. And
0: honestly, even though I am not a Sleever, that's smart for this game because the backs of the cards are all dark. And so they're, I mean, literally in my first playthrough stuff was already getting those little white nicks on the sides. Which, for what, I'm OCD about some things, but that doesn't bother me as much. But even I might consider Sleeving this one. It's worth it, because the
2: entire game is those cards.
0: Yeah. Alright, that was intense, guys. I think... Let's, uh, let's take a little quick break and hear a message from our friends over at the Ding and Dent podcast. Hi, I'm Raf Cordero. I'm Charlie Thiel, and we're Ding and Dent. It's a board gaming podcast where we take games way more seriously than we take each other. Every other week, we talk about what we've been playing, and we have a special feature. We talk about all kinds of gaming things, from how the process of playtesting works to wombat poop from the rise of big expensive premium games to the fillers you'll never think about again along the way we do in-depth reviews and analysis on some of the biggest games and we're occasionally joined by designers like Rob Davio, Jamie Stegmeier, and more we have a lot of fun doing this and hope you guys come join us Digging Dent is about an hour long and comes out every other Thursday you can find us on iTunes, Google, SoundCloud or anywhere you catch podcasts I told you not to make Pokemon jokes anymore, Ref. we're going to be the very best, Charlie Okay, in case you guys are curious, no, we have not sold out to the man. That message you just heard was from our friends over at the Ding and Dent podcast, as they said, and they are another small time kind of new-ish podcast. They've been around for about a year now. But they are friends of ours, and they're actually helping support us as well. We recorded a commercial, which, trust me, you'll want to hear. So you're going to want to go over to the Ding and Dent podcast and listen to their most recent episodes, and you might hear a little promo for us. But please, please go check them out. Show them some love. Subscribe if it's something that you're interested in. Raph and Charlie are awesome dudes, and they talk about a lot of cool stuff on their podcast. All right, so since this week's theme is back to school, we wanted to talk about a gaming accessory that is school-related, and what better thing to talk about than school supplies? There are so many different school supplies that can help enhance or improve your gaming
2: experience. I'm not going to lie, I really love school supplies. (laughs) I go back to school shopping every summer, even though I'm not in school.
1: Yes. I love when Staples has sales. <laughs>
2: We're such nerds.
1: <laughs> All right. So
0: what are some school supplies that you guys would recommend to people? Like, okay, right now there's probably some sales at your local Walmart or your Staples or Office Max slash Office Depot. What, which name do they keep? I don't know. But like, what could people go out and buy that they wouldn't think about necessarily for helping with board games?
1: One thing that I've been using recently... A lot more is a calculator. So there's a lot of games that have intense math calculations at the end. It's all those train games you keep playing. (laughs) Yeah, but there's also (laughs) other games like Power Grid or Seven Wonders. Power Grid's sort of a train game too. (laughs) (laughs) You could use the calculator on your phone but it's not very satisfying to press those buttons. So actually I have a old-fashioned calculator with those big button keys that make noises as you press them down. I don't know what they're called. It's awesome. So that's really fun to use. I mean, at least you're not using an abacus.
2: Please use an abacus next time. Or a slide roll. Amazing.
0: (laughs) Something that I've used in the past with my gaming, having a supply of mechanical pencils with erasers nearby tends to be helpful Especially, again, kind of like what you were saying, Ambi, with games that have slightly more difficult scoring. If you don't have a calculator nearby, doing stuff in your head, I know, is a little bit more difficult. Especially for those of us who have been out of school for so long. <laughs> so it's nice to have a pencil and paper and yeah. some erasers to take notes and add stuff up. And I actually, some games even require that you write on things like quicks that i've talked about before Mm -hmm. the original version just has pads of paper and so you have to write on those so having some pencils nearby is actually helpful with gameplay as well and i like using pencils over pens especially like if i'm teaching new people quicks occasionally i'll run into something where someone x's something out and then quickly realizes that that was the wrong thing to do and I'm the type of person that, especially when you're learning a game, like if it's an immediate kind of thing, like take backs are okay. Mm -hmm. But if you wrote something in pen, kind of more difficult (laughs) to do that. So pencils are helpful in that regard because then you can erase stuff.
1: Yep.
2: That is true. I have like a little Plano case full of things that I would maybe eventually need for any given game that I'm out with since I play not at home a lot. So I have pens and pencils and little post-it notes and my dice and all sorts of things with that. And I think the thing that's been used the most so far is the little post-it notes.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) interesting.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, having a little Plano box or like a pencil case or something like that, like if you have little bits that you need to keep stored, like extra dice or stuff like that, like that's perfect.
2: Yep. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's my emergency gaming kit
0: very cool so hit up those back to school sales guys and
2: uh amp up your board game experience be a super nerd (laughs) (laughs) like all the cool kids going along with our back to school theme we wanted to discuss some games that either have a school as part of the game as their primary setting or that can help teach kids and adults alike some cool skills So I'll start. I am going to talk about Scrabble as my school game because I played it a lot uh, at a younger age when I was just learning to spell. And it was one of the best learning tools I think I had available to me other than just all of the constant reading that I did. So I love Scrabble. We still play Scrabble at least once or twice a month in the house just because we're both word nerds. I'm sure Crystal can relate. <laughs> uh, what? Me? A word nerd? Someone who like, writes for a living? No, not at
0: all. My English degree, just throw that out the window. Uh, I I haven't played Scrabble in quite some time, but I am a big fan of a more modern game that actually kind of has a similar feel, Paperback. I also mm-hmm. love Paperback. <laughs> yes. Paperback is a lot of fun. But what those games, they fill the same niche, but maybe for different age groups like Scrabble, I think, is a little more accessible to younger kids, whereas paperback is maybe a little cooler looking to like an older kid because there's the deck building aspect as part of it. But both games are going to teach you how to spell. And that's really awesome. Like, I think just like, you know, worksheets where you have to spell words correctly is kind of boring. But this is a fun way to learn how to spell.
2: I also want to mention, as an aside, that Bananagrams, my favorite game, is also a great game for this, but I won't talk about it because I already have before in another episode.
0: <laughs> ring, 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 Bananagrams. <laughs> and if no one knows what I was just doing, that's an old internet reference to something called the banana phone.
1: So for other games that you can teach, if you don't like words, or if you want to <laughs> learn some other don't. type of things, I hate words! <laughs> Robot Turtles is a game that teaches kids programming skills. It was on Kickstarter a while ago, but it has different levels, so you can start out with like a four-year-old teaching them basic movement, programming movement. You're trying to get a turtle to a gem, and then you add on more complicated things as the kid learns. So I think it's pretty cool. That's really cool. Like It's, it's interesting because when we were
0: kids... Programming as a skill set wasn't even something that people were considering I don't think like obviously computers existed and they were coming up but computer programming as a career was definitely not nearly as prevalent as it is now so just getting the idea of programming into a kid's head that early I think is really wise and it's really cool.
2: Mm -hmm. I want this game for myself and also for my daughter. I've done a lot of research and looking into it. I'm really excited about it, mostly because I am a programmer. (laughs) So I I really enjoy that it's a a game and it's accessible at such an early age.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So those are some games that are good to teach you skills, but there's
0: also some games that just have a school in them. Like one of those that's my favorite is Dead of Winter, which I'm not sure. I think we've maybe mentioned it as an aside before. I don't know if we've had any kind of a lengthy discussion, but it's a zombie apocalypse game where you have multiple locations that your survivors can travel to. And one of them happens to be a school. And it's thematic in that the items that you can collect from the school are things that you would find at a school, like books and food and stuff like that. And like, there are guns in the game, but you don't find them at the school, which obviously makes thematic sense. Thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) Another game that just came out recently, actually, that I have not gotten a chance to play, but I've heard a lot of buzz about is ice cool, which it's funny because it sounds like high school, but it's ice (laughs) cool. And it's the game. The box turns into this board with walls, where, which are the walls of a school building with different rooms. And it's a dexterity game where you're flicking penguins that are weighted on the bottom around the school. And I think one player is like the hall monitor or something along those lines. And you're trying to avoid that player as you're like flicking the penguins around. If you have not seen video of this game yet, like go online and look up Ice Cool. The publisher in America is Brain Games, If it hasn't been released yet, I'm sure it's going to be very soon because it was it was been talked about at Origins and Gen Con and all the other big conventions over the past few months. So I know it's coming out soon if it isn't released already. And I like Dexterity Games. And this one looks like a ton of fun for both adults and kids.
1: Yeah, I really want to try that out. It looks it looks so fun.
0: (laughs) The artwork looks really cute, too. I'm a sucker for penguins. So... (laughs) For this week's board game etymology, I'm going to discuss the origins of the word rule, because rules are important in both games and in school. The word rule, defined as a principle or maxim governing conduct or formula to which conduct must be conformed, came from the old French word riule, R-I-U-L-E, which was re-latinized in modern French to, I'm not going to pronounce this right, regale riggle. R-E-G-L-E, and that was from the vulgar Latin regula, which meant a straight stick, bar, or ruler, or a pattern or model. Uh, All of those words were also related to the word regere, which meant to rule, straighten, or guide. The more modern definition of regulation governing play of a game originated in the 1690s, And that's also when the phrase rule of thumb came to be. So next time someone tries to be a rule lawyer in your group to some extreme degree, just throw this definition at them, you know, for fun or to distract them and to cool everybody off. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to announce the winner of our Codenames Pictures Contest. feel like we should be saying
1: yay right (laughs) here
2: we got so many amazing theme ideas from all the people who submitted entries and we wanted to sincerely thank all of you for your ideas they've really been great
0: yeah they were super awesome guys thank you so much
1: yeah they were really detailed too it's exciting (laughs) and we might even be posting a thread in our guild with a few of our favorites Ooh, that's a good idea maybe you guys can vote on what you like too yeah yeah we could totally have them vote
0: on a future theme like maybe let our listeners pick one of our upcoming themes but you guys better pick something good
1: (laughs) give the people what they want only if we like it (laughs) (laughs) drum roll please
0: our randomly selected
2: winner is heather g Yay! Yay! heather you have won a copy of codenames pictures you'll be receiving an email from us shortly
1: congratulations heather and again thanks to everyone who participated we will definitely have more contests in the future so if you didn't win this time don't worry and that's it for this week's board game blitz visit our website boardgameblitz.com to get links to all our social media pages including our facebook twitter and board game geek guild loving the show please leave us a rating on itunes or your podcast supplier of choice have suggestions for the show shoot us an email at boardgameblitz at gmail.com until next time keep your wits about you but share the blitz with everyone you know Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Recently, I got to play a couple games: Chicago and Northwestern, and German rail. Bah. <laughs> <laughs> German rails. German.
2: Okay. Going along with our back-to-school theme, where we wanted to lab starting over. Yay, reading.